Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and here we go. Glad to have you with us. The week is progressing about the same as usual. President Biden's national security team has all but disappeared from sight. Secretary of State Tony Blinken remains out of public view, as he has for three or four months now. The same is true for Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. You know, the same guy who wrote the phony Russian disinformation letter signed by 51 intelligence veterans who knew it was pure bull and a shield for Biden in the final weeks of the 2020 campaign. And President Biden has just sent Ukraine another bundle of American money, about $16 billion of it. And as Congresswoman Lauren Boebert says, there's no public accounting of all that taxpayer money, none whatsoever, that Biden is shipping out to Ukraine. What is the total amount? And what's it buying? This is one of the craziest moments in our political history and getting crazier by the day. And it all starts with the Marxist Dems takeover of our government and Joe Biden's puppet presidency. And then there's our economy's descent into recession. Don't forget, two consecutive quarters of contraction of our GDP, our economy, is the very definition of recession. And we were in recession in the first six months of this year. That coupled with almost double-digit inflation, a nightmare for millions of Americans. And the stock market is in bear market territory. That is, stocks have fallen 20% and more from their highs. If you've looked at your 401ks and mutual fund, you likely haven't been too pleased. The stock market has lost almost $8 trillion in value. Not good. And here is President Joe Biden in January of this year. A stock market, the last guy's measure of everything, is about 20% higher than it was when my predecessor was there. It has hit record after record after record on my watch. Yes, this is the same guy who's driving inflation as well with runaway federal spending, higher energy prices, crushing businesses, large and small, with higher interest rates. Biden's tearing up our economy. But Senator Klobuchar says a vote for the Marxist Dems in these upcoming midterm elections could stop hurricanes, are you ready, from hitting Florida. And two, you've got leaders in Congress uh, like um, uh, Senator Schumer and uh, Speaker Pelosi, as well as their Republicans that want to work with them, where we have been able to step by step by step push these bills through. And so um, I think so many times people counted us out, but we want to make clear we've got the backs of the American people. And while we have clear disagreements, we don't want if the Republicans take charge, a number of them have been talking about an abortion ban. You guys know that. 
you featured on the yeah. show. That's why we've got to win this midterm. We just did something about climate change for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. We've got to win in the midterms. We understand that. But none of that has stopped us from deciding we're going to put our differences aside and get some things done. That is what that vote is today in the Rules Committee, um, where you're going to see a strong bipartisan support, a very good hearing for changes to the Electoral Count Act. The Marxist Dems have had complete control of the federal government for almost two years now, and along comes Hurricane Ian. Not great timing. These Marxist Dems are dangerously indifferent to truth, and the destruction they visited on the whole country seems to not bother them in the least. They've done the same to our federal government. It's rife with corruption. The FBI and DOJ are simply slaves to the Marxist Dems who control the Democrat Party and our puppet president, all aligned with the deep state and the mockingbird national media. And the public trust in the FBI is understandably withering. And former FBI officials are all appalled at what we're witnessing. To take up the public's distrust now of the FBI and DOJ, our guest today is Kevin Brock. Kevin is a longtime veteran of the FBI, former assistant director for intelligence, deputy director of the National Counterism Center, and now head of the New Street Global Solutions firm. Kevin, thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. First, your reaction to all the controversy around that special master assigned to be the overseer of documents seized from President Trump's offices by the FBI in Mar-a-Lago. Well, certainly, Lou, great to be with you. Thanks for, for having me. I, uh, I think perhaps maybe Trump attorneys are now wondering if they, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, Special Master Deary seems to be taking this quite seriously, as he should. Uh, there have been some allegations leveled back and forth uh, about this search, which obviously is highly controversial. And I've commented on in the past, I think it was too wide in scope. I think there's indications that the FBI seized more than what the uh, warrant allowed them to seize. The Trump camp is understandably pushing back against that. I don't think they're helping themselves when the former president makes statements such as um, he believes the FBI may have planted evidence or or forgot to, or, you know, didn't take their shoes off in his bedroom. It, that that doesn't uh, that doesn't help him in the court of public opinion probably, um, but the the search itself invites enough questions to where I think it's a good thing that the special master has been appointed. I think he'll take it seriously enough to to uh, to address some of the concerns um, on the Trump side and uh, and I and that will I hope. Uh, help get to the bottom and get some clarity around uh, what a search that has essentially ripped this country apart politically. It has, and the polls uh, already uh, a country divided, but the polls are showing that Biden's numbers are plummeting, uh, that the confidence of the American public and the FBI uh, is at levels I never dreamed we'd see a few years ago. Even. Yes. Uh, it's it's stunning stuff. And then we see this special master, Deary, as you said. Uh, it's, he, he seems like he is fully on board with the Justice Department and absolutely against the, 
the Trump team. He, he asked the lawyers whether they believe the FBI lied about seized documents. Uh, he's carrying out, if you will, an, an interrogatories here uh, rather than trying to make a judgment about the propriety of certain documents that were seized, it seems to me. Yeah, they're very pointed questions. Uh, and again, there seems to be, uh, they seem to be zeroing in on the inventory of items that were seized. And this, of course, includes, it's been generally characterized as, you know, 11,000 documents, 1,800 other items, um, <clears throat> classified materials, perhaps up to 100 different documents. Um, and and I think there's some question as to what was seized precisely. The Trump team, in fairness, wants to understand whether or not these things that were seized seem to line up with that which they believe they had in their possession that's given rise to the questions of whether there was other information you know put on the inventory list that didn't exist all of that has to be sorted through and um the other thing lou i'll say that i found fascinating was the special master <clears throat> basically inviting the trump attorneys to make their case ahead of any potential charges or a trial that the president declassified these documents. Uh, the attorneys, I think, understandably demurred on that. Press made a bigger deal out of that as though they were, you know, they didn't believe he had that authority. I think it was more of a um, litigation strategy that they didn't want to divulge the, their best defense in all of this. So it's, a, it's fascinating the way it's playing out. It is, and I'm not sure it should be quite as fascinating as it is, Kevin. I, yeah. It's you're talking about discovery here. These are these are pre-discovery issues. This special master is operating in the interest of the prosecutors so they can see what the, uh, the legal strategies are of the Trump team. That would be wonderful if every if, if every defendant would have to do that. Uh, but it's, it's as I understand it, that's just not the law. And to have a, a special master again, Deary. Uh, saying, uh, you know, shut up or or, or put up, uh, prove your case, uh, and we and giving what eight days to to bring forward that case. Uh, I I've never heard of that happening, and uh, in my career as a journalist, uh, how about you? Yeah, I, I don't think any of us have seen anything like this quite play out. Um, you know, to your point, Lou, there the the Trump team may be having some buyer's remorse because obviously. He was one of the uh, special master nominees uh, that they suggested uh, when he was appointed. Uh, you know, now they're finding out that that perhaps they're getting harder questions that they anticipated, or or maybe there's a perception that uh, Deary is is advocating for one side over the other. I'm not sure that's clear yet, um, but uh, he's definitely not messing around. He's definitely holding attorneys' uh, feet to the fire. Um, I, you know, we'll see whether or not there are similar questions being posed to the DOJ attorneys that we don't have visibility into. Um, so, you know, it's, but I agree with you. This is, this is unprecedented. It's, it's very interesting to watch. And, you know, to your point uh, about the issue of public opinion and his statements about the FBI framing him, we've got, to, I think, in all fairness, we've got to remind ourselves that President Trump has been the victim 
of FBI and DOJ frameups from before his president, before he was even elected president. Uh, the Russian collusion uh, hoax uh, is, is, is there. Uh, Michael Flynn was framed, uh, two, uh, two uh, agents with three, 302s that were altered. I mean, this is, this is tough stuff, and it, none of this is happening in a vacuum, is it? Uh, we've had six years of persecution of this president, and frankly, I can't imagine what the FBI would not consider doing uh, to go after this president. Your thoughts? And, and, that, and that saddens me to hear anybody say that. You're, you are deeply respected, obviously, and, as a journalist, and that, and, but you're articulating a perception that now has taken root in this country. Uh, and when I say perception, it's a perception that's grounded a, a lot in reality. Just the things you listed off right there, and, and I've commented extensively on this as well. My whole motivation is to make sure that the FBI doesn't lose the trust of the American people. If that's lost, their effectiveness as an agency uh, and a force for good in this country is eroded, and that will damage our democracy. I could not care less about individual executives inside the FBI acting in a way that creates perceptions of malfeasance. And uh, and that's what happened, starting back with the whole crossfire hurricane, uh, James Comey-led team at FBI headquarters that, that, first of all, opened up a case that was not adequately legally predicated, crossfire hurricane. Secondly, ran with a discredited dossier paid for by Trump's political opposition that should have been a red flag enough for them to not even go near it, but yet they used it largely by their own admission as basis for a FISA application to electronically surveil uh, Carter Page. Right. And and they lied to the court uh, in, in doing that. At least one FBI employee is obviously proven to have lied to the court and others misled. This is a travesty, and and you're exactly right. If I'm in Donald Trump's shoes, I'm not sure I can trust anything that the FBI does. Uh, and and he should be looking at everything very, very carefully, and, and, and it's understandable if he does. I was just making the point that certain certain statements that he makes, I don't think necessarily accrue to his benefit, but I don't blame him for having the concerns. He is the strongest president this country has had in memory. And he is all the stands, in my opinion, between us and almost certain authoritarianism on the part of the left. We're watching it every day. I wish it were anything but what it is here. Uh, you talk about the importance of the FBI and the Department of Justice. There's not a single person that I know of outside of the FBI and the DOJ who has committed wrongdoing. Of all the investigations that they've opened and pursued, of all of the charges they've made, I, the perpetrators turn out time after time after time to be officials of the Department of Justice. They turn out to be actually four consecutive directors of the FBI lying to the American people. And FBI agents, uh, as you well know, uh, FBI agents now, it looks like that they're going to, I won't go this far, it looks like there could be an accounting for agents uh, who abused the, the power of the agency and their authority uh, and broke the law. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, this is, uh, 
this is troubling on a number of fronts. Uh, to your larger point, we had this country convulsed because of inappropriate and a misuse of FBI authorities by James Comey and his team at headquarters, none of whom have been held accountable. In fact, they enjoy lucrative media contracts and, and book deals. Um, lower level you know, people, the Kevin Klein Smith of the world, not to absolve him, what he did was wrong, um, you know, are, are being held accountable and, uh, and, and being examined for what they did. But the leadership always seems to escape. And this is, this is really, really troubling. So you're, you're exactly right. Um, but I think it even gets a little bit worse, Lou, if, if, if you look at what's happened since the Russia collusion debacle was debunked and, and shown to be what it was, um, the perception continues to this day that the FBI is acting on behalf of a politically motivated Department of Justice led by Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland in a, in a series of now well-known incidents that lead the American people or at least well or half the country to believe the American, that uh, the FBI is pursuing the policies and political agendas of the Democrat Party over Republicans. High-profile arrests, emphasis on certain, um, you know, favored topics of criminality to the left and to the exclusion of uh, or perceived exclusion of adequate investigation into things like the Antifa riots or Hunter Biden's laptop or uh, fire bombings of, of uh, pro-life pregnancy centers, there seems to be an imbalance. And that perception that, that is now, I've never seen it before in, in my professional career, certainly in the FBI, is, is a grave threat to this country. Agent Tebow tried to, to bury the case. Uh, Hunter Biden has more protectors in law enforcement uh, and the intelligence agencies than anyone would have dreamed. We know 51 former uh, and actually and current uh, veterans of the intelligence agencies themselves lied when they strongly implied, I'll put it that way and give them a break, uh, strongly implied that Hunter Biden's laptop was a uh, it was evidence of a Russian uh, disinformation campaign right. when they knew full well it was a lie. They shut down the public's right to know in this country, which I don't know about ever happening before, certainly not on this scale. Uh, we and here we are four years into a tax evasion case and still no action on Hunter Biden, who is on video committing gun crimes. He is cutting, uh, committing uh, uh, drug crimes, gun crimes, you name it. Uh, it, it's, there's no one in this country. They don't have to be lawyers. They don't have to be FBI agents, uh, to understand that this is a, this is a moment in history that we, we had no idea would ever come our way. This is the stuff of, uh, of, uh, banana republics and totalitarian regimes in Eastern Europe. It has nothing to do with anything in America's bedrock heritage. Yeah, and you and I have been around long enough to recognize that inflection point that we stand on right now. You know, we, you know, polit politics um, going back to the seventies, it, it was um, it wasn't as bitterly divided as it is right now. It is 
deeply, deeply partisan. It is driven by two or three major um, issues that, that cleave this country. And, um, and so we see things happening to where uh, 51 former intelligence community executives, many of whom I know worked with, consider friends, signed on to an absurd letter uh, written by Jake Sullivan to um, to forestall campaign damage to Biden ahead of the election in, in 2020. Um, probably even more disturbing than, than them just signing the letter is the fact none of them have modified their position or commented on that since since then and since we have learned that what they stated was objectively untrue. Objectively untrue. And also the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, he knew in that second presidential debate, the final debate of 2020, that former Vice President Joe Biden was lying through his teeth to the American people. He knew it. He acknowledges such. And he chose not to intervene uh, and cited policies of the DOJ on intervening during an election. But what he did was to intervene with his silence, his acquiescence to what Joe Biden did, which is lie uh, to the American people about it being Russian disinformation, to lie uh, about his lack of knowledge of, of Hunter Biden's business dealings with foreign companies and countries uh, in the in the uh, in the interest of Joe Biden and his family. It's it is rotten corruption at at its worst, and we can't get our law enforcement agents agencies that we depend upon to enforce the law. A law means nothing if it's not enforced. And as you as you said, there's only one party against whom the the laws are being enforced, and that is the Republican Party. And in fact, they're not even laws; they're frauds, and they are. Uh, hoaxes. Uh, it's, it's, it's just obscene to think where we are. You bring up a very interesting point, um, and you're correct. Uh, it is Department of Justice policy not to take an, an overt investigative step or public stance six, or was it 90 days out from a, a right. major election. Uh, you'll notice the Mar-a-Lago search was done on that 90th day. They just got it done that uh, just in time. Uh, to avoid that policy violation. Um, yeah, uh, the Attorney General is going to adhere to that policy, but 51 former intelligence community uh, executives aren't bound by that at all. Um, I would I would love to see 50 former law enforcement, federal law enforcement executives, um, you know, write a letter expressing concern about the politicization of our criminal justice system. Uh, I think there's enough concern there to where people who have been in this arena uh, would be artic would be fair articulators of that concern. Barr knew, by the way, and I, and I neglected to say this, Biden knew uh, almost a year before those presidential debates about the Hunter Biden laptop. He knew its contents and he knew he knew uh, that they were they were not Russian uh, disinformation, yet he persisted. And interestingly, in, in September of 2020, he started talking to the media about his concerns about the integrity of the election. 
uh, talking about how difficult it could be to assure the integrity of an election that has this much mail-in balloting, twice as much as we had ever witnessed. And right. it's interesting, too, to see that that twice as much mail-in balloting in 2020, uh, you would think it would have a very close uh, correlation to the number of ballots that were in dispute or question. In fact, those questions and in dispute ballots dropped by 20% even as the number of ballots doubled. Uh, it, it is, it is uh, on its face, uh, a sordid, uh, sickening affair. Yeah, I think that, that that sore point in particular still festers um, in, in America, certainly with the people who, who voted for Donald Trump. I know there's a concern that right after the election, it seemed very, it seemed uh, that the conclusion that there was no voter fraud was drawn very quickly yes. and, uh, without really looking at some of the probable cause or indicators of probable cause that of some malfeasance. Um, I'm not sure whether subsequent investigations have validated uh, a theory of widespread uh, election fraud that, that could have changed the outcome of the election. Um, and I'm not sure we're ever going to know that, but um, there, we, we certainly got a wake-up call in this country and, you know, on the heels of, of the COVID lockdown as to what kind of mischief is possible when, um, when voting becomes a little too easy, shall we say, and uh, invite opportunities for uh, manipulation. So that's a concern that's still out there. And, and, I, and I think if power shifts, we're going to see a renewed focus on trying to understand that. Yeah, I think, to your point, I think the only way we ever know the truth is if uh, we see a sizable, sizable Republican victory in the midterm elections, particularly in the House, uh, so that they can proceed. It's, as I, as I look at this from, you know, from the standpoint of history, there's nothing that approaches it in all of American history. Uh, we've had various instances of voter fraud. But we've never seen anything on this scale, this level. We do know, for example, that had, uh, according to the polling, that if people had known that Biden's laptop was not Russian disinformation, I believe the number is 13, perhaps as high as 15 percent of those who voted for Biden would not have. And of course, that would give the margin of victory to Donald Trump. Uh, right. And so we know that Barr changed history, no doubt about it. Uh, we know that the FBI participated in that as they sent out agents uh, to, if you will, inform, if not intimidate, uh, big media, uh, big tech uh, and social media to drop the story that was published on the 14th of October by the New York Post. Uh, it, it's just a sad moment in our history. And I don't know where this all will lead the country, but my hope is, like I'm sure it is yours, that we will get a better understanding of what's required to right this many wrongs. We're watching the, without question, I think you would agree, but we're losing the public, our government is lose, has lost the public trust. Uh, what is, in your judgment, the future for the FBI, for the Department of Justice? And I know that requires a lot of assumptions, but uh, you're, I'd like to get your thoughts, given your experience and uh, your history. Yeah, thank you. I. 
I've been giving this some thought, and I think history actually might instruct us a little bit on on this point. Um, but obviously, there have been calls ranging from you know complete dissolution of the FBI, let's disband it, let's do away with it. It's it's corrupted its core, as Senator Grassley said. It needs to be changed fundamentally. You hear that from some politicians, but more from media pundits. Uh, more lately, you've heard speculation that perhaps some defunding of the FBI is in order, um, and and then and then others, maybe a little more moderated. Look, we've got to look at some reforms. I think at minimum, reforms are always a good thing, or looking at reforms are always a good thing. That's a process in this country. The last time it happened in a major way was following Watergate uh, when they held the church committee hearings back in the mid-70s, and they realized that the executive branch in this country was able to exercise powers to particularly electronically surveil people uh, and and monitor activities of, of individuals in this country. Ironically, back there, more on more on the left, the anti-war the uh, and the... Um, and the civil rights leaders, um, and so that 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 kind of uh, motivated Congress to act to to reform and rein in the powers of the executive branch and the FBI specifically, but not just the FBI, the CIA as well. So they were concerned about sanctioned assassinations, and so it it it, it generated a whole bunch of reforms for the FBI, most notably the institution of the Attorney General guidelines, which just real quickly give the FBI their their boundaries as to what's required before they can open up a case against uh, an individual in this country and what what is required uh, to be able to show before you can do that FBI welcomed that that was these are great we understand what our you know where the lines are that we have need to color in 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 uh, stay in between and so all of that was considered good and logical reform. I think now that we have seen a pattern of abuses linked to using government authorities uh, against political opponents, clearly motivated by political uh, agendas, there that caused some calls for some uh, introspection as well, and, and some adjustments to the Attorney General guidelines that will allow greater oversight and internal controls so that things can't happen like they did under James Comey, where they just decide, you know what, we're going to open up a case against Trump campaign officials, even though we don't have adequate reason, uh, a legal basis to do so. And then move forward to a special counsel investigation uh, that went on with another almost two years of FBI investigation, a special counsel investigation, and produced no evidence of wrongdoing whatsoever on the part of the president, but again, raised lots of questions about the conduct of the FBI and the Department of Justice. I I guess I, I would like you to know, if you don't already, I've called for uh, reform for the Department of Justice and for the FBI, not its dissolution uh, or you know, simply eliminating it, but taking out the National Security Division from the FBI. It gives them far too much in the way of power that is too readily abused by any agency, in point of fact. Uh, and I think it's a divide that has to be restored. Uh, there was a time we saw that on Wall Street. Uh, there was a Chinese wall between uh, investment banking, retail banking. Uh, it, there's just human nature is what it is. And we have to have 
police, internal police within the FBI. Michael Horowitz, we now know, actually uh, did not act to curtail wrongdoing on the part of agents. Uh, he was part of the problem instead of part of the solution as inspector uh, general. What do you think? Well, I think that that's, um, <clears throat> you are, you're talking in ways that make uh, logical sense. This, the need for reform is going to be acute. I think, you know, the last time it was right after nine 11 when uh, there was a pretty good impetus um, and in this in this country, motivation in Congress and through the uh, the uh, 9-11 Commission to break out that national security uh, responsibility from the FBI. And they came within a whisker of actually doing that. Um, there was a, a, a promise by Robert Mueller at the time to create an, an intelligence directorate um, to uh, more formalize the collection of intelligence that might help um, you know, interdict uh, acts of terrorism before they happen. I was privileged enough to be the first assistant director of that directorate. Um, I'm not sure it has fully lived up to its original vision and remit. Uh, there's probably still a work in progress. I, I would balance the the, um, the the instinct to pull that out of the FBI by pointing out that creating another domestic intelligence agency doesn't necessarily solve the problems we're talking about today. I think there's some fundamental root um, guidelines that have to be put in place, no matter who holds that mission, to make sure that when there's issues of politics involved, political campaigns, uh, political positions in this country that are held passionately, that any governmental investigation of those things uh, are are really tightly controlled, so that that they the American people have the assurance that any investigation is going to be well justified. Everybody would nod north and south, saying, "Yep, yep, absolutely, that should be investigated." And then there's no dispute about that. And I think we can get there. I think we can implement those kinds of reforms. Well, uh, I'm hopeful as you are. I I'm also uh, at this point uh, very skeptical of what can be done, not simply because of the, the, the organizational upheaval that has to be, uh, we have to go through, but because of the you. politics, it, uh, the politics of this thing are interesting to me because here we are with Joe Biden, who is, I, I think it's fair to say, I want to ask you to comment on this, an impaired president. Uh, he is uh, a, a puppet for the Marxist Dems who are driving the Democratic Party farther and farther to the left. What I find interesting in this politically is that despite that alignment with the CCP, with the dictatorships all over the, uh, the country and authoritarian forces, the FBI seems to have lined up uh, and done the bidding of the, the Marxist Dems. Uh, and, and I think if we did not have that extant reality, we probably would have an FBI that still had its storied reputation and the regard of the American people. Your thoughts? I agree. Uh, it troubles me deeply as somebody who, you know, I gave 24 years of my adult life, my largely my professional life to the ideals of the FBI. And I will say this, and I've said it before, the FBI is an ideal, it's not an institution. It's a bureaucracy, it's made up of people, but the ideal of the FBI is a treasure and needs to be protected at all costs. 
and um and and that perception there's a there's a widespread perception in this country right now uh that that has that ideal has been damaged and the FBI needs to understand that and take steps to fix it the leadership of the FBI passes there's generations of leaders that pass through this institution it's one ideal it's different leaders each leadership generation has a responsibility to protect that trust and insofar as they don't do that then they are failing in their duties and right now we are seeing a cavalcade of investigative steps that lead reasonable people to believe that one political agenda is being pursued against another using the powers of the Department of Justice. I think if Joe Joe Biden, you know, he's got, if he didn't have two of his children, all of his political problems would go away. Hunter Biden and his daughter with her her diary, um, the, the, um, the American people are, you watch things where the, the Department of Justice, you know, does an early morning search of journalists who had access to Ashley Biden's diary. They didn't steal it. It was given to them. They tried to return it, and yet they still suffer a early morning search warrant to seize a diary that is valued at most probably $20 at Walmart. It doesn't meet the guidelines for interstate transportation of stolen materials to be prosecuted by any U.S. attorney in this country, and yet here we are. So these types of egregious oversteps by the Department of Justice um, are are troubling, and insofar as the FBI goes along with that, uh, it damages the Bureau ideal. I think the Bureau needs to step back. They do have independence from the Department of Justice. It is well established, and they can exercise that. They do not have to go operate in lockstep with with a Department of Justice that has a, a specific agenda in mind. To that point, the idea that we have seen so many of these SWAT team raids, uh, men and women in full tactical gear at 6 a.m. Uh, rousting 70-year-old uh, people, uh, men, their wives. Uh, it, it's just astonishing to me that those FBI agents would allow themselves to be used in that ugly and unlawful, in my judgment, unlawful way. We now are hearing from 20 whistleblowers for the, for the House Judiciary Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee, that in fact, that in fact the FBI not only had a portal and a Democrat law firm, but that they were, they were absolutely uh, being told to inflate the public image of domestic terrorists, if you will, uh, white supremacist, uh, supremacist terrorism, which was an entire, uh, entirely fabricated notion on the part of the seventh floor of the FBI. Well, I'll, I'll modify that just a little bit. Sure. Uh, um, the, the emphasis on domestic violent extremists, as they call them, DVEs, is a policy agenda set by the Biden administration and the Department of Justice. This, frankly, is not that unusual. Each administration comes in, they'll have an emphasis on a crime problem that they want to focus on. Now, the Biden's fo- Biden administration's focus on domestic violent extremism is probably a little more politically charged than what we've seen in the past, where administrations will come in and say, hey, we want to 
we want to end gun violence or street gangs in the inner cities. We want to, you know, have an emphasis on drug trafficking, whatever it is. Um, but each time that is done, it does set an agenda where the FBI is oversighted by Congress to show, uh, and, the, and the party in, in power, to show are they aligning resources according to the administration's uh, agenda. And, and that, that can have some legitimacy. That said, to your point, the it is never correct for the FBI to look for cases or inflate numbers and statistics to inflate agent resource hour dedication to a certain crime problem artificially in order to satisfy uh, an, an administration's agenda or or the Democrat Party administration uh, agenda in Congress uh, that is never appropriate. There's always pressure to do that, but it always ends badly when that happens. So, um, yeah, there's there's that's again another straw that's on the pile of concern among Americans that that the authorities of the judicial system are being directed in one direction at the expense of other even more serious crime problems uh, that exist uh, in the nation today. Let me ask you as we're, as we're wrapping up here, are there Republican law firms that have FBI portals in them? <laughs> I'm not deeply familiar with that story. I did read something about it, Lou. Um, uh, and I, I don't know if there is, so I'm not sure I can comment on it. It does seem uh, there could be an innocuous explanation for it. I, it escapes me. It's nothing I ever saw or encountered when I was in the FBI. Yeah, uh, and we're talking about the FBI portal uh, at the law firm of uh, Perkins Coy, which was the Democrat, which is the Democratic National Committee uh, legal firm of choice, uh, where Michael Sussman. Uh, who was uh, charged with lying to the FBI, where he played a prominent role and for which there's never been any accountability. And I've been waiting on the national media, Kevin, I've been waiting on the national media to do some digging into this and find those Republican portals and wonder how many other portals are in Democratic law firms around the country. Uh, let me let me do this. Uh, we always uh, give our guests the last word, your concluding thoughts, and uh, if you will, sir, uh, that time is now. All righty. Well, thank you. Uh, you great questions. You, you're you're surrounding many issues that are troubling Americans today, and uh, and need to be addressed. Uh, the FBI has to take this on head on and take steps to restore that that trust, that lost trust, or damaged trust uh, that that they they do right now. I, I still remain optimistic. I, I have great hopes. I, I talk to a lot of FBI, uh, both retired FBI agents and a agents that are still inside the bureau. I think we can reassure your uh, your listeners that uh, all the things that we see as troubling are also being perceived that way within that FBI family and community. Uh, largely, uh, I'd say the vast majority uh, are concerned, um, and so you know nobody wants to. Everybody goes into the FBI career with a lot of pride, and understandably and justifiably so. And uh, and FBI agents want to be thought of as as patriots who are doing uh, the right thing to bring justice where it needs to be brought in this country. And for the large part, ninety eight percent of the time, that's exactly what happens. Um, but you can see how 
the the misuse by a, a few can create so much havoc and I, I pray that that can be corrected amen kevin brock long time uh, top official of the uh, of the fbi we appreciate your time uh, we thank you for sharing your thoughts and uh, i hope you'll come back soon as we continue to cover uh, this critically important issue for the nation it's my privilege thanks lou thanks so much god bless god bless you Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Tomorrow, leading GOP pollster and strategist for the McLaughlin Group on what voters are saying about this upcoming midterm election, about 40 days away now, and which party they really prefer. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.